Maybe, uh, maybe dancers didn't know that it came from their routine. Who yeah. cares? Whatever. Yeah. You know, it's fashion. Fashion over function. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead and continue. Okay. Uh, okay. So back to the story. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I went and auditioned at my first club. Should I say where it was? Go ahead. Well, uh, yeah. What, was it here in Milwaukee? It or? was. It was Airport Lounge. Okay. And um, it was it was close to my house at the time, and I knew I seen it. And uh, I, I don't even know like how I decided which place to go to. I think I maybe talked to a few people. I didn't know how to go about this, right? I had no experience with the fuck I was doing. Yeah. So I um, I asked one of my friends, "Hey, will you go with me to do this audition?" Well, it turns out they couldn't go. So I'm like, I have no idea what. What do I wear, right? How do they hire me? Do they hire me based on what I'm wearing? Do they look at my body? I don't know. So I brought like this little bikini thing to dance in. And then I changed in my car in the parking lot into this sexy looking. It was a it was a raver dress I had made. I <laughs> yeah. made a lot of clothes back in the day. So it was one of those dresses I made and I just changed in my back seat. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to do this. So, <laughs> so I walk up the ramp, go in the door and they're looking at me and I'm like, I'm here to fill out an application and all that stuff. And they end up saying, you know, you can do an audition on that outfit. I was like, Oh no, I, I brought something to change into. So, so for, a, and this is where my struggle is going to be because obviously I know how the industry works on and so forth. Walk me through um, what they ask for. ID, um, like address, so on and so forth. What were they all looking for? Oh, so it's a regular application for okay. any job. You know, I mean, ask you what position you're applying for. <laughs> okay. Dancer. Um, but, you know, yeah, ask you for your ID. It's, it's just like any other job you're applying for you still have to fill out an application okay um and then depending on that club they will tell you when they're doing auditions now the manager wasn't there at the time but they said um he'll be in i don't know maybe like an hour so you can just hang out and wait if you want so in that time frame i got acquainted with some of the girls they were actually very welcoming to me very nice this was back in the day mm -hmm. the, the club scene was very different and I, th I think that club was just a little bit more tight knit, and they were just very helpful. So they're just like, yeah, watch us dance, you know. So I sat back. I was super nervous. I couldn't drink, obviously, and I smoked at the time cigarettes. So I just chain smoked <laughs> my nerves away. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I watched them dance, and the manager came, and I, I did what I naturally flowed with. Um, and I made a whole $22 in like three minutes. And I got off stage and I was like, wow, I just made $22 in two songs. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when you're 18 and you put it in perspective, you're just like, damn, like the possibilities are endless here. Right. So yeah. I got excited about that and they hired me. And then that started that. Oh, side note, my car died my first night. So after the audition or after your first night of working? After my first night of working, I came 
back after did you that. did you start right away that night or did you <clears throat> start like you came in and auditioned on a monday and then like started on a friday or something yeah like i that? i don't even remember what day it was but i worked the day shift they had a day shift so it was like 12 to 4 or something like that mm-hmm. yeah i don't remember remember what time it was but i lived with my parents my car was stuck oh so now <laughs> i have to go home and my mom asks, where's your car? Leading into that, I was like, Mom, um, I need you to give me a ride to pick up my car. And she's like, okay, where is it? I was like, well, I got to tell you something. This is exactly what I said. I said, so my car is parked at a hoochie bar. <laughs> <laughs> a hoochie bar. I don't know. That's the term I came up with at the time. I think my mom said the word hoochie a lot when I was younger so I probably I probably came up with that so she was like what and I was like yeah I got a cocktail waitress job at a strip club and so I don't know it was pretty chill we just got my car and didn't say much about it and then I think later that day I ended up saying I gotta come clean I got a job as a a dancer Mm mm-hmm was so with telling her that you were a waitress before you were a dancer was there any guilt with being a dancer or was it is it just one of those things that was just a hard conversation to have with your parents i was nervous i didn't want my mom to look at me a certain way mm-hmm. um i didn't want my dad to know as funny as it is he still does not know today <laughs> Do you want me to remove this link from Facebook? My dad's not on Facebook. Okay. Anymore. And anybody who would go to my dad, they got more issues than me do. So <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Um, <clears throat> we talked a little bit about this off air about, um, what was I going to say? Uh, your personal perspective on your body image and, and your comfortableness with sure. yourself. Did you want to dive into that? Sure. So when I was young and 18, I, I had a really high metabolism. I was really skinny. I was really insecure about it. I got teased all the time in school. I got teased like kids are really fucking mean. We all know that. So are adults. People would be like, are you anorexic? You should eat blah, blah, blah. You know, it's the same as shaming somebody who's overweight that's mm-hmm. underweight. So yeah, I had a huge insecurity with that. Um, but as I started to develop into my womanhood, you know, I grew tits and, uh, that was great because I prayed for them on a bicycle when I was 12 years old and I got my, my praise were answered. <laughs> Legit. So, um, so yeah, I, I was insecure, but I was, I guess confident enough and secure enough to, to go do this, you know, but I was also very fair skinned so within the beginning of the dancing phase um there was a couple key things that i remember customers saying to me um you know they just guys are fucking mean at the strip club they think they're entitled to talk about your body tell you what's wrong with your body how you look how you should look but i guess to be expected um 
So this guy said, here's $2 to go get yourself a cheeseburger. And another guy gave me a dollar to go get a tan. So I was like, fuck you. I will go get a fucking cheeseburger. Actually, it's going to be hamburger because I don't like cheese on it. But, you know. (laughs) I've been like you cheap motherfuckers like tanning is like 15 bucks for like the, for like the high end yeah. and a good burger's 20 <laughs> for real happy meal. Um, so I, I ended up tanning um, and, you know, it, that made me self-conscious. But through time, I um, I don't know. I've always been, like I said, um, open mm-hmm. with my body as i guess you could say uh, as an exhibitionist um i liked to explore my sexuality okay and i think that's something that is so taboo and people never want to talk about sex even now it's so like hush you know don't talk about sex like people have sex but they're so unwilling to be open about it and i'm open and i think some people just don't know how to take that sometimes it's weird you know it's for whatever reason it's easier for people to talk about politics than it is <laughs> to talk about sex i don't think anyone really knows what they're talking about when it comes to politics <laughs> but everyone kind of has an idea of like what they're like uh, they, they're on top of each other like this right and then you do and it's, we've all we've all been there and so on and so forth except for my brother who is Romanian virgin until he gets married. Um, I mean, um, do you want to break that today? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Awkward. <laughs> um, no, but it, it's it's tough for people to have that conversation. It, it, it's weird that nobody's, how do I say this, easygoing about it. For whatever reason, there's a level of uptightness. You think maybe that comes from like the rural areas of the world where it's like everyone's just kind of uptight about everything, if you really think about it? Possibly. Um, Also a reason why I'm kind of opening up about this because I want to be positive about sex Mm -hmm. and acceptance of your body. And we are all born into this world naked. And people are so ashamed of nakedness or that this girl's wearing that clothes. Everyone's so concerned about somebody else, what they're doing with their body. But yet... In the on the inside, they're feeling ashamed or like crit- self-critical about their own body. I can see that, and um, I kind of lost my train. No, of no, there was a question. I don't think there was a question. I think we we're just more of having a discussion. Um, <laughs> I think it's easy for people to take a look at someone and make a judgment because it's the easiest thing to see. You don't see what's inside of a person. You don't see their personality from the outside looking in. To actually be able to really understand someone, you have to have a conversation with someone. And I think a lot of times that's hard for people. Not everyone can do something like this. You know, talk to someone about any topic, whether it's politics, whether it's sex, whether it's being a stripper, being a DJ, being a producer of an award-winning podcast. (laughs) Shout, yeah. shout out to my brother who's been producing this for the last couple of weeks and stuff like that. Nice. Um, like I said, it, it's easier for people to judge from the outside looking in as opposed from the inside looking out. Um, people don't get everyone's personal perspective. So that's where <clears throat> the judgments come from. People that make comments about eat a cheeseburger 
get a yeah. tan, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, you just got to remember, like, a lot of those dudes paid to be there. Right. And they're paying you to yes. hang out with them. And as as hard as that is to say to someone, you still have to, I mean, it sucks that you have to fucking kind of take it like that. Um, I is, do want to go back and okay. finish a thought on no, that. No, go, go ahead. That's okay. Sorry to interrupt No, no, you. go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, like through the years, um, from then until now. I was going to lead into this eventually. Like my body acceptance now. I mean, I know we're flopping subjects in between here, but I've just, I've, I got into working out and now I love my body. I love who I am. I embrace it. You know, like this is my human vessel that yeah. my soul resides in like i have to love it and take care of it but and and also with saying that people don't know how to talk about certain things also dancing has gotten me into that frame of mind to be able to have a conversation with anybody about anything mostly anywhere because yeah. of being in that industry so taking a step back you were talking <laughs> about being an exhibition an exhibitionist so I know the term, but I'm not exactly sure what the meaning is. So do you want to kind of elaborate on that for a little bit? Sure. I mean, I am not going to be the urban dictionary here, no, <laughs> but not what no, I was expecting. no. Um, I think my thoughts on it. Um, so anybody could perceive this however they want to take it. Um, you know, when I started to develop and my body grew into its form mm -hmm. um i was intrigued by it like i i guess maybe as a younger girl i had this obsession with like how my body would look as as i was growing up into womanhood like this is so odd, but it just made me think of this book that I had when I was probably hitting puberty. It was like it it showed you the um, the growth phases of like a girl going into puberty, mm -hmm. and it it showed you like I, I don't know if there was a specific age, but just like how a girl develops, and I have that image in my head, and like I guess I was so anxious and like wanted it do you know what i mean so that when i finally got it i was like excited about it and so i don't know along with that i think i was introduced to some um some uh like fetish type things in my first relationship with my boyfriend um so that kind of opened up my sexuality to a little bit more. And like, just, I guess the thought of someone being a voyeur and voyeurism being watched was something that intrigued me and kind of was a turn on. Okay. So I think being a dancer, it is definitely, I guess you could say it's a turn on or it's empowering or however you want to say it to have a show and everyone is there to watch your show when you go up 
do you put a lot of thought into what you do ahead of time? Like for this, we were talking about my notes. We were talking about kind of where we're going to go with this. Do you kind of have an idea of during your music, you want to do this? Um, at some point, you want to get to this point. Like, do you plan that out in your head or is it just hit the ground running? I just kind of go with the flow. I try not to look like I'm on autopilot or a robot when I'm up there. You know, a lot of people are like, what are you guys thinking about? I've seen some girl, (laughs) this one girl, I adored her for a, a while. She was a part of my life and then she was gone. But when I, before I had known her personally, I always looked at her on stage and I seen her face and she had such a, a stale expression and I said it looks like she smelled bad cheese (laughs) and I just I just thought to myself like can you just do something else with your face I don't know it was something stupid but I always thought about that like what do I look like do I look like I'm into this I don't want to look like I'm that I'm look there's girls that are go up there and there's no one there Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit if no one's there just do your fucking job I mean you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. I get it. There's a time and place where you're just like, all right, no one's there. I'm going to come off the stage. It, but I guess there was times when there was one person there and I would still dance like I was into it because I felt like I was doing it for myself, too. It felt good to just dance. Like, I love music and I dance at the gym. Mm-hmm. I dance in my fucking car. <laughs> like, I just go with it. So I don't. Is there a difference for you when it's one person? Does it feel more personal or is it uh, kind of more empowering when there's a large number of people around you or, or at the stage when you're there? Uh, definitely when there's a bigger group. Okay. Um, it can be a little nerve wracking sometimes. I mean, I still do get nervous. Really? After all this time? After all this time, yes. Like if somebody comes in that I personally know and i'm like oh shit really i will actually go up to that person and say hi and acknowledge them because i'm not gonna act like it's the elephant in the room like yo you're here you're in my space so hey what's up how's it going here's my dirty little secret (laughs) you know like that's how it's big but um i think it is it's a little bit of both it's empowering you know you want to you want to catch people's attention, but mm. everyone is not always into you. You're not always everyone's cup of tea. So yeah, uh, I've I've used this analogy before. A a, a strip club, uh, wherever you want to call it. Um, what did you say? Hoochie, hoochie, hoochie bar. Hoochie bar. <laughs> not coochie. Hoochie, hoochie bar. <laughs> but coochie could be. Um, <clears throat> it's it's almost like a Baskin Robbins in, in the sense <laughs> that there's a little bit of everything. There's blondes, brunettes, redheads. Uh, Black, white, yellow, wherever the color of the rainbow is and stuff like that and, and everything in between. Um, it, it's it's crazy. There is a, a point I was going to get to with this. Um, no, I, I think I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let me ask this. So was the voyeurism like something that started in the relationship, your first relationship, or... Um. If, hey, I no, think, if that's too personal no oh, okay okay no it's not i think it kind of started in the rave scene because i 
I don't know. I think it was like the excitement of just going to this big club and dressing however I wanted to. You know, like I said, I made a lot of my outfits back then. I just I loved being different. Mm-hmm. Some people might say you do it for attention. I don't know if it was about the attention because sometimes I got a lot of attention and I felt awkward because of that. It made me more anxious, but it was just like, personally, I always, even when I was younger in middle school, I always was unique, didn't fit in with anyone really like my look. I don't know whatever you want to say. You know, it's interesting though. You look back. I look back personally and I look at the people that that kind of had that mindset of being different and being outgoing at the same time were more honestly were some of the most friendly people. It was one of those that they could get along with the metalheads. They could get along with the jocks. They could get along with the teachers. They got along with everyone just because they kind of understood like eh, everyone's different and they just understood yeah. and they took everyone at that value. Um I was going to lead in. Oh, I remember what I was going to lead into. So we, we were talking about like different types on so forth with. How do I put this? Um, with how how long you've been in the industry. Is there a personal fitness routine that you go through for yourself to keep yourself? Because obviously, I mean, climbing a pole doing everything like I've seen what you do and what you do is like acrobatic kind of like on a pole. It's very smooth. Is there something that you do for yourself to keep yourself that limber to be able to do all that? So I started working out after I had my son. Um, I had never worked out in my life. Even when I was a younger dancer, I thought about it at one point, but I just wasn't there mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. I was very young. I liked to drink. <laughs> that was <laughs> what I did when I was younger. You know, I thought, I'm skinny. I got big boobs. Like, I don't have to do shit, right? I'm in shape. But after I had my child, things changed. You know, I gained weight. And I didn't know that as my body. Like, this was a whole new body I was in. This was very awkward for me. I wore a lot of Spanx, if you know what those are. Do you? It's not butt spanks. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I I do like spankings, but that's not it. It's bless your heart. <laughs> basically, um, it's it's like a an under piece of clothing to suck all your fat in and make you look smoother and shapelier. So. I constantly see those ads on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know if they're being suggested to me for some reason. Oh my god! <laughs> well, anyone can wear them. Uh, so. Yeah, I wore a lot of those after I had my kid. And then uh, I just, I was, again, given a shitty comment by some guy when I went out for New Year's once after I endlessly looked for a a nice flattering outfit. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going to start working out. So it had nothing to do with dancing at that point because I wasn't even dancing. That was a six-year gap that I got out of the business. But when I got back when I got into the fitness industry, I just went hard. I just said, you know what? I don't know what my end goal is. I just want to be in shape and I'm not stopping till I get it. And I literally, it was a new year's resolution, went with it every day. I went to the gym seven days a week. I was 
insecure, self-conscious. I wore hoodies. I wore sweats. I covered up. And as I started to lose the weight, my clothes came off slowly, surely, you know, but I became more confident and um, I did it for myself. It was for um, my mental strength, you know, to set a goal and commit to it. And um, and I didn't know where I was going to take that. So nine and a half years later now, um, I've been lifting for, yeah, like eight and a half years, nine, something like that. It's all for me. Um, I, yeah, I mean, do I think you should try to stay in shape as a dancer when you're taking your clothes off? Yeah, I mean, be active. I mean, you're putting on a show. This is a fantasy world, I guess you could say. But guys like all different varieties of women. So, um, honestly, I think people should just work out just because it's going to help with depression and anxiety and, like, feeling good and well-being and all that. So No, I I hear that. Um, I've always been, for myself, I've been anxious when people come up and talk to me and I'm and I'm unprepared to talk to them where it's like one of those where it's like hey how's it going and you just want to be like oh I'm 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 doing well or do I give this person like the long-ended answer where it's like oh I got this going on I recently found out I I only sleep like two to three hours a day so (laughs) on so forth like where where's the um where's the the right way to to answer any of that and I'm I've always I'm just like I don't know where the uh where the balance is to to talk to people about any of this stuff because it's like when you're talking to your friends and stuff like that it's easy to open up about all this stuff whether it be uh someone making a comment to you on new year's and and uh getting you to uh getting you to make a commitment to yourself to train on a regular basis or if you're just just like oh hey how's it going um i'm well and just keeping it short so on and so forth um i remember what else i was going to ask you too um what what are some of the best experiences that you've had from dancing? Like best and worst. So best overall, I think dancing has evolved me as a woman. Um, it has helped me become more confident in talking to strangers, talking in an interview, talking wherever um i think i think just being exposed in situations that you might be uncomfortable in it challenges you mm-hmm. you know um it makes you see things in a different perspective um i feel like the industry is we're we're in it so we know what it's like and people that aren't it's it's almost like a whole nother civilization you know what i mean like i've thought about this sometimes i would just be chilling at work you know it would be kind of low dead dead time and i would just look around be like god this is like so crazy that this is part of my life you know what i mean like just looking around and watching like you know when you would go pick up your kid from school or something like nobody knows this about I don't work in a fucking cubicle. Like I have an exciting job that's fun 
no, don't get me wrong. There's pros and cons. Um, but I, I appreciate the industry. I think, I think it's cool. It's, it's a cool experience to go through and you know, it's, it's something not a lot of people get to experience. Yeah. Like nobody, I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to jump in for a second. I think one of the craziest things is that no one has really captured what it's really like. Um, you think about TV. You think about movies. Like there was the one with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Hustlers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually that was based on a real story. Uh, I yeah. think that was out of Scores, New York, okay. where girls were like bringing guys in. And I think that was right after the 2008 market crash that that's when that happened um what else was there i'm trying to think about um the one with demi moore mm-hmm. um that doesn't really capture it um because i mean it's because they they take the one angle they, they usually do where it's single mom the father of the child's a deadbeat or whatever and it's always like a threatening of taking the kids on and so forth where you know there's people that have perfect relationships on well i shouldn't say perfect no relationships really perfect but they have strong relationships they have great parenting so on and so forth um the mother could be working towards something like there's a couple of girls i know that put themselves through nursing school absolutely Um, people that have gone on like yourself that become an esthetician outside of of being an entertainer so on and so forth Mm -hmm. um it's crazy to look at it sometimes and, and just being like it's normal but at the same time it's it's crazy because of the fact that it's to a point groups of people in the industry are pretty pretty well tied together like they're almost like family like yeah i look at i look at some of the guys that i've worked with for example lee and cassie who've done this this podcast a number of times um two of my best friends lee was a bartender and a manager and cassie was a bouncer and a bartender uh, Cassie and I moved across the country to Vegas to open up uh, one of the clubs for, for you know for the guys for Silk, um, and the dude to this day is still one of my best friends. Um, there are people in the industry that I talk to still that are out of the industry that I still talk to on a regular basis. My friend Melissa, um, she she pivoted into another career. Uh, she has a kid. I think she's married now too. Don't quote me on that. But uh, um, you know there's this tight community between all of us to a point. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all irritate each other like family does at times, but at the same time, like it is one of those where it's, it's a pretty tight knit family between all of us. You know, we all know that the end goal is, is to get to this point and, and, you know, get to wherever we want to do. Was it kind of the same for you where did you have like a, an end goal, as far as like becoming an esthetician outside of the industry or um i'll be honest when i was young dancing i didn't know my goals Mm -hmm. i didn't know what i wanted to do in life i just went with the flow i was so carefree i think i'm still carefree just in a different way i'm more structured and um that makes sense disciplined yeah i'm always a free spirit but i just I guess you could say I didn't give a fuck back then. You know, I didn't have any life responsibilities. I didn't have any, what do you, what do you have to do when you're 19, 20, you know, like party it up, 
yeah. live your life. <laughs> and I did. And it was fun. And I don't regret any of it because it helped me mold myself into who I am today. I'll take all that shit I went through and appreciate it because I am stronger, wiser, and no more because of going through that. Any regrets at all? No, because I everything's a learning lesson. You know, people come into your life to teach you or you learn, you know, you teach them, they teach you, whatever it is. So... I think any shitty circumstances we go through or whatever we could call the worst is there for our best. No, I like that. I, I say that a lot too, where it's like any bad experiences, there's usually a lesson to be learned. I don't think a lot of people, I actually, I say that to my girlfriend a lot. There's stuff that happens where she's like, I don't get why this is that. I'm like, bad shit happens yes. so you can learn from it. I do have something that has come up the industry now. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Um, if I was to say the worst, um, when I was young, I went into a downward, downward spiral. You know, I was introduced more to drinking and being in a bar. It's accessible all the time. It's a party. It, it can be a party lifestyle if you want to make it that. If you're there to reach your goals, whatever, then you use it as a stepping stone or a tool. But it's very easy to fall into that party lifestyle. And I fell into that. And um, I I got DUIs, you know, mm-hmm. one, two, three. Um, <laughs> all of them surrounding the industry, actually. Uh, the first one I got when I, um, I think I, I had my boyfriend come and pick me up from work. He failed to show up one night because he would pick me up, drive me mm-hmm. home so I didn't have to drive home drunk. He didn't show up, and I made that choice to drive. Another time, um, a girl actually called me in. They saw me leave, shit-faced. I mean, I was blowing a point two two. I was up there. So, you know, I definitely had to deal with the consequences of that. Money spent, jail time. And then uh, I got another one through dating a bartender in the industry. Really toxic person. Wasn't the happiest moments in my life. And it really took my life and turned shit around. It is crazy being in the industry that, you know, my personal perspective, I, uh, I drank a lot myself. And it wasn't until I was in my early to mid 30s that I kind of just I took a deep breath and went, time to reassess. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't anything traumatic. that ha- I never got a DUI or, or a DWI or anything like that. I honestly, like, it was one of those that I started challenging myself to see if I could do it. Like, I would go, can I go a week without drinking? Because it was one of those things that was like every weekend or every night that I had off, it was mm-hmm. go out with friends and drink. Um, and it got to the point where... I would go, okay, let's see if I can go a week, got to a week. And I'd be like, okay, let's see if I can go longer than that. Like I would do New Year's Day to St. Patty's Day. 
mm-hmm. uh, I'd be like, well, obviously everyone drinks on St. Patty's Day. So <laughs> I got to uh, end it there. <laughs> and, and there's there's nothing really to do in between New Year's Day and like March, whatever it is, 17th or whatever. So I was like, okay, I, I can go through January and February and you know part of March without drinking. And I would do that pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point where I was in a relationship and I was like, I'm going to see if I can just take a year. And I took a year and I went without drinking. And the first time I drank again, I was, I was in Denver. Actually, I'll show you the posters. They're out in the living room. Um, I, went to, I went to go see Social Distortion for like three days out in Denver. Uh, one night in Boulder, two nights in Denver. And the first night I was in Denver, it wasn't officially my birthday. It was like March 28th or something like that. So I was like, I was a couple of days early and I had my first, I had my first drink and I had a scotch, which was like my first drink back. And it was the first time I had ever started drinking scotch. The girl I was seeing at the time was a big scotch drinker. And I actually, I would just keep it in my house for her. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this one right here. I'm like, uh, I keep this one in my house for, for my girlfriend. And the, the bar manager looked at me and he's like, that's a really good scotch. He's like, did, did you pick that? I was like, it, I just saw the container and I picked it out randomly and I thought yeah. it was kind of cool. And uh, I started drinking that and I was eating like weed cookies and, and whatnot. And it was crazy because after this year of, dr- of being off from drinking, Mm-hmm. There was a number of things that didn't happen. There was, I wasn't getting agitated and I wasn't getting yeah. frustrated about like previous BS I'd been in with either ex-girlfriends mm-hmm. or an argument I had with the girl I was seeing at the time. It was just yeah. one of those where I was texting her and I was like taking selfies. I was like drinking scotch and, and eating weed cookies, so on and so forth. And everything was really happy. And, and the next day I woke up and I was like, wow, I was like, I think that might be the missing key because for a while there, there was just toxic behavior that I did for myself. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, this is different. This is actually enjoyable as yeah. opposed to where I was in the past. And the one big thing that I figured out for myself was I was like, I just I can't drink like vodka, gin, so on and so forth. Something about that just pushes me in the wrong direction where now mm-hmm. it's like I'll have. Like there's a couple of cases of Boddington's out in out in my kitchen, and there's a couple of bottles of scotch. Uh, I might have a beer here and there, but like it's nothing like I used to. Like my girlfriend makes fun of me now. Like I have like a drink or two. Mm-hmm. Like I had a drink the other night, and we came back here, and I was like, I need to make some food. She's like, Are, are you drunk? <laughs> and I was like, Maybe. <laughs> I'm like bacon. Just sounds like a really good idea Light right ways. now. <laughs> But I am. I'm essentially a, a, a huge lightweight now where okay. I was I was having Mother's Day with my mom uh, and, and my brother back there. We were doing a, a, a Mother's Day brunch and I was bragging about the fact that I was like, I had four Guinnesses the other night and everyone's like four. I was like, yeah, I was hammered. I was like, hell, you had to drive. <laughs> well, it is a thick beer, isn't it? Yeah, I just it's just one of those. I just I can't. I can't drink at all like I used to. Has it changed for you at all? Like you, you still drink occasionally, or it has definitely changed. Um, what was the change for you? Was it the DUIs or was it an age thing? Um, a lot of things. I, well, yeah, I went from being young and not having shit to do to 
getting out of the industry, um, having a child, mm-hmm. um, and like I said, I didn't, I didn't work in the industry for six years at that point. That's when I go ahead. Oh no, yeah. I was I was gonna ask, but I was gonna wait till you you finished. I was gonna, I'm gonna let you finish what you're okay. saying, but I I wanted to circle back to that eventually. What made you? Was it your son that made you leave the industry, or was it what was it? Sure. Just taking a break. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was with a, my ex fiance at the time, my son's dad. Um, and we just, we both came to the, uh, agreement together that I would be a stay at home mom and I would get out of the industry and stop dancing. So I saved up, I danced till I was six months pregnant. I wasn't showing very much until the six month and then this guy said here is a tip for you and here's one for your baby and i was like okay it's time (laughs) to go today (laughs) so then i got out and um i like i said i saved as much money as i could just because i know i wasn't i was done um i saved all my money i worked my ass off and um that was it you know i was gonna be stay-at-home mom so i went from that social life to mom life which is a whole nother topic but um I obviously uh, I started getting into working out when I had my son and that really helped me steer away from drinking because, you know, we weren't going out. We weren't partying. We would go out once in a while um, and I would drink, but I just found that I loved working out and it made me feel good. And the less I had alcohol in me, the more I had, man, I feel like I regenerated my whole mind. Yeah. And my whole brain, it was like I was learning things at, you know what I mean? I just, I felt like I had come back to life. Like I had life in me and it felt good and it felt good to have goals and, um, you know, not be falling around drunk like an idiot. And um, as I got back into dancing, um, what what made you go back into dancing now? So, long story short, uh, my ex and I had broke up at seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my decision to leave. And at that point, it was a very difficult decision for me. But he was the financial support of our family. So mm-hmm. I had nothing. I had no money. Um, so I really didn't want to go back to dancing but i figured okay well i need money quick i need to come up with money for an apartment blah 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 went back as a shot girl um and um through that i was a shot girl for a while you can definitely make great money doing that but um i had come so far away from dancing that in my mind i like put myself on this fucking pedestal like you got away from it you know like I I like guilted myself for it and I shouldn't have you know it's fine like we go through life we we do things we learn from them but at one point I just said damn you know what I kind of miss it like wonder what it feels like to get back on that stage right So I got back into it. And at that point, I was working day shifts. I was not drinking. Um, I would go to the gym 
and I would go to work and it's kind of counterproductive to go to the gym and then go fucking drink, you know? So I just, I wanted to feel good. I wanted to get off work and get shit done when I could and not be drunk. I don't like being drunk in the middle of the day. I feel like it feels, it's odd and I don't have anything to do and I can't be productive. Um, So the whole drinking kind of faded away. Um, It kind of came back for a little bit and I was still very cautious of it, but I started dating somebody and he drank a lot and it, it basically got me in some toxic behaviors again. And, um, with that came the third DUI. It was a, an unfortunate situation shouldn't happen, but it did. And, um, so now I do have an interlock device in my car. Mm-hmm. I can't drink and drive, obviously, because if I do and I blow and there's alcohol, my car ain't going anywhere. Yeah. And I'm not a person that likes to leave my car anywhere. We'll just take an Uber. No, you deal with the bullshit of going to get your fucking car in the morning. Like, I like to get up and start my day, go to the gym, do what I want to do. I don't want to chase around to go pick up a car. I hear you on that. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely will have some drinks here and there. But I moderate. If I drink, I do shots. That's it. Water. I can I can control that. Yeah. And then that's it. My my perspective, I, I have kind of a different opinion as far as like leaving my car. I had a, a friend of mine. Um, we were in our, our early 20s who got a DUI. And he told me how much it cost him for his lawyer. It's a lot. Uh, the shit that he had to pay for the stuff in his car, mm-hmm. um, the embarrassment of explaining to the company that he worked for that he could only work, like he had an occupational, yes. so mm-hmm. he couldn't stay late. He had to be he had to be driving only at these times, yeah. so on and so forth. And he, like, he <clears throat> told me it cost him around $13,000. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've always thought in my head, and it's, it's part of the reason we were talking off air, the apartment that I live in, I've lived in forever because it's central for everything for downtown. It's a $5 cab ride mm-hmm. or a $8 Uber to go pretty much anywhere in the downtown area. <clears throat> I've always just thought that if I've taken my car anywhere that I'm like, I'll deal with the hundred bucks. It's going to cost me if my car gets towed because it was parked in the wrong spot or I'll pay the the twenty bucks to have someone to to take an Uber, whatever, to yeah. go get my car and whatever possible tickets because the fifty to a hundred dollars yeah. is a lot less than the ten to fifteen thousand yes. dollars I'm at the shell out to get out of it. I definitely understand that. Uh I guess now if I know I'm drinking, I just do not drive. Yeah. I will take an Uber, get a ride. But if I'm saying, like, if somebody tries to get me to drink at work, I'm like, no. I just, yeah. no. That's where I'm like. Is it hard to turn down the alcohol? Because I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I've come up with excuses. I'm throwing myself under the bus on this one. But I've come up with excuses and tall tales on how to get out of drinking. Where people kind of know that I, I train mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not drinking. And they're like, well, why aren't you drinking? And it's always like, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. people look at you like I you know. have cancer when you say it. You're yes. not drinking, especially in yes. Wisconsin. And I've always just said, 
Oh, I'm, I'm cutting weight. I, I have a kickboxing tournament coming yeah. up or I have a jujitsu tournament coming up. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, when's the tournament? In like two months. <laughs> and hopefully like people don't don't pick up on the fact that I'm I'm, I'm fibbing at all. Right. But it's the easiest way for me to get out of drinking because it was one of those things that um, when I first started doing tournaments, I didn't drink because I was concerned about the empty calories. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I was like, I'm avoiding this because I don't want to have to work like an extra hour to work off the two beers I just had. So I would just tell people, I'm like, I'm like, I, I watch soccer a ton. So I'm, I was always watching it in like a pub because it's such a great atmosphere to, to watch it in. Um, but everyone was always like, Parker, do you want a shot? Do you want a beer? Do you want this? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. And again, it's that look of what's wrong with you. And I'm like, I have a jujitsu tournament coming up, so I'm, I'm cutting yeah. weight. And people were like, people left me the, the fuck alone. And I was like. I was like, oh, I was like, this is how you get out of it. Okay, okay, I got it. So that's how I, I skated around it. And once I learned that, I just constantly used it as, a, as an excuse. Or um, the year that I took off, I told people, I was like, I'm taking a year off just mm-hmm. to see what's happening. Like, is everything all right with you? I'm like, everything's fine. I'm just, I'm taking a break. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I was drunk for 50 weeks out of a 52 week calendar for a while there where I was just like, I wasn't taking any time off. I was like, let's just see if the liver can still function without alcohol in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy to try, especially in Wisconsin to try and get around yes. not drinking. It's definitely more of the state. Yeah. Or, or it's, it's like a handshake too, where like, for example, me DJing, people will come up to the DJ booth and it's all right. There's already a shot in their hand. Yep. And it's like, what are you doing with that? Are you doing two shots? And they're like, are, are you not drinking? And I'm like, not tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I got my car with me. And they're like, right. oh, man. Clang, clang. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's some pressure sometimes. But honestly, um, I find I do just fine with it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, okay, so let's say it's. 11 30 and someone's like oh you're drinking and they want to offer me something i just say let me see what time it is i have a drinking curfew no i can't i can't go past this time and then they're like why and i'm like i have to blow job my car (laughs) (laughs) they're like that's what i i say i gotta give my car a blow job tonight so if i don't suck it good enough it's not going anywhere and then they always say well i wish i could be your car i'm like oh you don't even know what i'm talking about do you and they're like no and i was like i have a breathalyzer in my car so if i have any booze right now it's not gonna go anywhere and they're like oh okay and then they just leave it alone and they laugh about my blowjob jokes. So they kind of get distracted. Just distract them with a blowjob. That's it. Um, uh, but no, sometimes people, there's definitely those customers that want you to drink and be the party girl. And um, um, well, I know in the at some point in time when I was in the industry with somebody, I would took a shot and i threw it over my shoulder (laughs) acting like i drank it Um, i uh so back in the day and i hope i'm not throwing any entertainers under the bus this is uh (laughs) so names (laughs) no names um so there were plants that were in some of the vip rooms yeah and those plants kept dying (laughs) 
I wonder why. <laughs> and it was because there there were certain girls that just didn't drink while they were working. Yeah. And so anytime a customer would like make them drink with them, they would literally just do one of these. Yep. And then right into the <laughs> those those plants probably had a higher blood alcohol level than most kids in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> I I also had my my <clears throat> secret ways that I would. Well. Now you're going to hear my dirty little secret. But, no, go uh, ahead. Um, well, here, here again, it, you don't have to say anything you don't want to. So if, if, if this is. A, no, a, it's not like a dirty secret. OK, just, OK. It was a technique I used when I didn't want to drink. I would just order a drink that looked like alcohol and people don't fucking question it. If they want to put their lips on my drink, I'd be like, no, put your lips on your own glass, bro. <laughs> That's I did, it. I did club soda a lot. Yeah. Uh, seltzers. I always, I felt weird. Here's why I feel weird about is that I would go to a venue and in the time I wasn't drinking, it'd be one of those where it's like, what can I get you? I'm like, let me get a Red Bull. My first one would usually be a Red Bull. And they're like, what can I get you now? And I'm like, uh, can I get a bottled water? And they're like, we don't have bottled water. And I'm like, um, can I get like a club soda? Like, what do you have back there? And they're like, we have club soda from the gun. And I'm like, Whatever. Uh, okay. What do I owe you? And they're like, nothing. It's soda water. And I'm yeah. like, here's two bucks. Thanks. <laughs> like, it's so awkward trying yeah. not to, like you want to go out and you want to socialize and right. you want to hang out with everyone. But at the same time, sometimes you just don't want to drink. And it's yeah. t- it, it, anywhere else in the world. It's fine. Right. Wisconsin. I know. Is crazy about it. It is. Um. Yeah, it, it's insane. Um, there's a couple of other questions I want to get into. I felt like we talked about drinking for... Uh, actually, I kind of want a beer now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wisconsin, like... Um, I was going to ask. So there are entertainers in this business that not only work uh, at a club, but they also work for themselves by doing private parties. Was that something that you ever did? Um, Back in the day, yeah, I actually worked with um, a girlfriend's company who did uh, like bachelor parties. Mm-hmm. We had security that would go with us. Um, I, even at my old club, they would uh, they would have some type of party lined up and they would pick two girls and I would usually be one of them. We would go, we'd have a bouncer come. Um, most of the time it was pretty fun. Sometimes... How- how did it work? So is it like one of those things where it's like, here's what I'm picturing in my head. Um, it's at a hotel somewhere. Um, there's it's a big hotel room. There's a bar, so on and so forth. Or is this like somebody's house? Is this like at a hall? Like what? Right. Walk um, me through what's most venues. A lot of them were. They were some people's houses. There were some at a bar that was like mm-hmm. closed off to the public. Had this one place even had a fucking hot tub in their bar, which was weird. I but you say weird, I say awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me and the girl got in it. And uh, side note, my fucking weave came out in the hot tub, and there's some hair track of hair floating. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even give a shit right now. Give me all the money. Um, yeah, weird moments. Uh, but um, yeah, like hotels, um, halls. Yeah, all those things. We almost had a bouncer, though. And then and would where's the watch. bouncer hangout? Is he, he in there? 
kind of off to the side, making sure nobody acts stupid. Mm-hmm. People does, act stupid. <laughs> so does he go over like the rules with everyone? Like no. Um, or is it just like you, like you said, you and your friend, right? Yeah, it'd be like me and another dancer. Um, so do you explain all this stuff to them too, or? Oh God, this was so long ago. But you know, I think we would kind of like run through like, hey, who we are. You know, this is how we're gonna do it. Um, we have some guidelines. This is our guy. You know, you can pay him, and like, our whatever, how we were gonna dance, and you know dance for the bachelor or whatever mm-hmm. however that went and it would be like an hour long and then we would collect our money and go oh, yeah. That's um it. i did have to uh slap some guy's face once and i was like well thanks for fucking it up for the rest of you guys i'm out we're done and then we left so usually they just went really well except for that one incident i think most of the time it went fine i mean so Comparison, uh, club, private party, which one's better? Um, I don't, I don't care to do them now, unless I knew the person. Um, but I don't know. I like working in the club. It's, I feel in my, I'm in my safe zone. Um, yeah. Especially being at Silk. Honestly, I love that club. I wish I could pick it up and take it with me to move with me. Um, I love that, you know, the staff, the bouncers, they watch out for us. They take care of us. They help us. Um, I just think people get along there. There's far less drama there than other clubs. I've been in some drama central and, um, you know, it's a good, it's a good income flow. I think it's a good, Good high energy on the weekends. I can deal with all that crowd energy. You know, I mean, you're gonna get your douchebags in there, and you're gonna have fun guys. And I always appreciate when there's fun. You know, like just cool dudes. Well, that leads that leads to a question I wanted to ask. Eventually, was let's say for example, one of your friends comes up to you and goes, "Hey, Kim, I'm gonna go to a strip club for the first time. What is some etiquette?" that I should have or things I should know before I go. Yeah. I, what, what would you say to him? <laughs> I have told this many times to people, actually. Um, I always say, look, the girls are working, okay? At the end of the day, whether you fall in love with a stripper or not, <laughs> I mean, they're there to work. Mm-hmm. Like, you go to your job and get paid, and we get paid based on tips. We don't have a paycheck. Um, some places do, but be respectful. Okay. So if you're not into a girl, you don't like her, she's, you know, you're not attracted to her, whatever. Just don't be an asshole about it. Um, I think like, let's, for instance, in a scenario, a girl comes up, she sits down, Hey, you know, like, would you like some company or Hey, would you like a dance? And the guy's not interested. Um, I think it's nice to just politely say um I'm, I'm just hanging out by myself right now or um you know what i appreciate you here's a tip not a fucking dollar okay give them like give them like 10 bucks here's mm-hmm. five bucks 10 20 would be great <laughs> but you know just like be polite and say i don't you know i'm not interested in having a dance right now 
I don't know. Or if you're just not interested, like give him something, give him a tip. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you're gonna sit at the stage, you should tip. If you're going to the strip club, you should tip. Don't come in there with twenty dollars and spend it on two beers, and then you say, "Well, I'm out of money." Well, guess what? You could have went to the corner bar, hang out with a bunch of dudes at a sausage fest where there's not women taking their clothes off, providing you with entertainment, which you walked into the place with said entertainment, knowing that, you know what I mean? Like, go to a place where yeah, you don't have to have a lot of money. But, um, and let's see, um, money showers are always nice. (laughs) (laughs) okay no um but if you're gonna be that guy that is walking around with a big fucking wad of money right and you're just flashing it you're just showing it don't be that guy if you're gonna show your money off you better be tipping people right because now you're just walking off like showing like i got all this money but i'm not gonna spend it or if you're bragging don't come in and brag about how much money you make and you know don't ask girls on dates we're not there to pick up dates. We are there to work. And don't make a try to make a girl feel guilty or something because she doesn't want to go on a date with you. Like, well, I, I just want to get to know you better. That's not what we're here for. I mean, everybody, you, you can build relationships in that atmosphere. You mm-hmm. know, there's a regular comes in to see you, you know, but. At the end of the day, just just because you're walking into that environment, it doesn't it doesn't like make you entitled to just put people down and criticize them and um, don't be shitty. You know, like everyone's working, even if you think that there's girls that are unattractive, like so what? Don't be an asshole to them like they had the courage to get up on that stage and take their fucking clothes off in front of a room full of strangers. Yeah. It takes some balls. And I've seen some chicks talk shit about Dancer Sue. And I'm like, honey, take your clothes off and go in this room and do what we do. And I guarantee you, you're not going to feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. I never realized that girls came in there and, and talked shit at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I could see that too. Um, But anyone, really. I mean, put yourself in the situation. Let me ask you this. Has it gotten worse over the years with guys having a shitty attitude? Or yes. What's. (laughs) I want to say, and here's. This is kind of a a personal opinion. I'll eventually get into it. But the ego bruises easily for a lot of guys. Do you see that? Okay, it can, it can go both ways. I think as a dancer, when someone can be shitty and mean to you, you got to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. Just, it's got to be part of it. Um, and you really got to remember that everybody has an opinion and everybody is has the human right to express their opinion and their thoughts. It doesn't mean that it's right. doesn't mean that it means anything to you. It's just what they think. So you just have to like kind of brush it off. 
and there's definitely been times where I've left and I've cried just it was just not a good night you know mm-hmm. but for the guy um I guess yeah it's happened um uh, if you if you don't want to go out with them maybe they right react in a certain way or I don't know if they expect you to be a certain way with them and you're like dude like this is my job and I don't know why you think it's going to go a different way. But yeah, I think when, um, I think guys get nervous too, walking in there. That's why they all have to have a couple more drinks. That's the, usually the answer. Hey, you want to go for dance? Uh, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a few more, you know, like I'm like, Oh, so you have to get, drunk to make me more attractive (laughs) (laughs) i don't know no it's to loosen them up yeah right because a lot of guys walk in and they maybe have never been to a club or maybe they just don't know how to act in that setting i think that's the case i think a lot of guys just don't know how to be yeah no matter how long how long they've been going to clubs or how many times sometimes they just think the I don't know. I'm not a guy. I'm not, you know, but like how I see it is I feel like they need to boost up their personality or ego to put them up a little bit higher to make them seem a little bit cooler. It's not necessary. Just be nice. And I don't know. Be it's nice. It's not, over over but, tip. Be nice. I yeah. I sound like I'm. What's no. his name? Doctor. Doctor Phil. No. It, so <laughs> it's it's like I said. It's one of those where you know if you've never been, these are kind of the things to know. Um, there's something I was. Oh, I remember what you said. Regular. So do you have regulars that come in to see you on a regular basis? And and how exactly is that dynamic how, how does that work um i have some regulars uh i as i was younger dancer um i think i probably had more regulars and just didn't think i did mm-hmm. as i look back at it um i now i have i guess you could call them a regular i very few two two people um these guys have actually become my friends um and they've helped me out when i've really needed it um i don't expect anything of them i'm not like asking them for money or anything like that all the time or nothing like that you know like if if i came i was down down and um i needed help i think I know they would help me and they have and for that I am very appreciative and grateful um and they're just you know we we um see eye to eye and uh mesh as humans Mm -hmm. um it's not always the case obviously you have to be cautious with some people um because they may not know boundaries or respect your boundaries so i think you just have to set that in place and now is that something that you 
you learned as you went along or is that something that someone kind of explained to you no okay yeah i learned that through time just um i I don't think i learned much in the process when i was younger but now looking back and like my experience now now i just i know where i'm at okay how far i've come and how to handle situations, how to stay out of drama and things like that. Would there, so having said that, what kind of wisdom do you have that you can maybe pass along for someone that's, you know, watching this, that has a curiosity about either becoming an entertainer or what direction they should go? Is there any advice, wisdom that you have for them at all? Yeah, I think um, one stay humble okay because some of these girls get in this industry 18 19 20 and within a couple months their attitude changes and you can see a shift you can feel a shift like they're making all this money you know like guys are complimenting them they get this ego boost of pride and it's somewhat untasteful and like just you can be grateful and appreciative of it without acting like, I don't know, like you're the shit or, you know, like there's some things you don't do. You don't, you don't brag about your money Mm -hmm. to other girls, you know? And I feel like that's something that younger girls do. It's just, I don't feel like it's tactful because somebody might have a great night for them and they might not make that much money and like you're bragging about that and like you know they could be let down or you know i mean at the end of the day it's everyone owns their own feelings but you know it's just you're young just calm the fuck down so (laughs) basically advice would be stay humble yeah uh don't talk about money don't talk about money Um, um save your money budget you know invest in something don't blow it like it's easy to just say oh well i just made this number i'm gonna go splurge because i'll make rent tomorrow you know and then you blow all your money and then you've been doing this for a year and what do you have to show you you know yeah i mean it's great that you can make that much in such a short own time but i think it's just I've tried Use it. Use yeah. it as a tool. I've tried to explain that to entertainers where I go, you're in a very powerful position where <clears throat> there is a girl that I know, I'm gonna leave her name out of it, where she was one of the most popular girls at the club. And she just had this work, work, work mentality. And she literally set it up that she would go on vacation twice a year. She's like a she's like dead of winter. I leave when like went super slow. I take off for like a week and a half and Mm -hmm. go do this. And then towards the end of the summer, I'll go somewhere and go do this. So on and so forth within five, five, this, I was in Vegas at the time when she stopped dancing, but she had stopped dancing because she hit a number and the number that she hit was because of the fact that she had been investing her money smartly and wisely where it came to the point where the amount of money that she had, put away the dividend that she was making 
monthly put her at like 70,000 a year so that she could just live off of that as long as she never touched that money. And she's retired. Retired before she was 30, has a family, has a husband, has two kids, dog, cat, so on and so forth, SUV, whatever you place in the burbs. Um, that is an example of, I, I keep trying to explain to girls where I'm like, yeah, you can make all this money in one night. And it was like you're saying, you can make your, your rent in one night, so on and so forth. But at the same time, not having to work is a truly powerful thing where you go, I've gotten to the point where I'm self-sufficient, that I don't really need to work anymore, like mm -hmm. ever again. And I keep trying to explain to people, I'm like, look, understand what a retirement is, understand financial security, understand that there are investments out there. Like, for example, I was explaining um, <clears throat> Coinbase, uh, a cryptocurrency app that you can use for buying cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. They went public like two or three weeks ago. I bought it and I suggested to people to do the same mm -hmm. because of the fact they're one of the most popular ones. The mo they're one of the most popular applications out there. And people just look at me dumbfounded. I'm like, I'm like the, the stock's going for this price. That's, that's maybe uh, an hour of your work. Like go buy a couple of shares of it and keep buying shares. If it dips, buy more mm -hmm. because it, it, it's just cheaper for you to buy then. <clears throat> And it's just one of those that they're just like, oh, that's such a waste of money. And I'm like, you don't understand investing. It's it's not for right now. It's for yeah. the future. But it's so hard to to look past a certain point in your life because you're like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in a year. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in two years. I don't yeah. know what I'm going to be doing in five years. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in seven. It's it's crazy. Like I was saying, you know, I've been at this place for forever and it was just because of the fact that I was like, I didn't know if I was going to stay in Milwaukee. Uh, I'd been all over and now it's to the point where I'm like, I'd been all over. I know where I am now. I know where I want to be now. And that's here. <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's hard to, uh, to try and get people to, or I should say entertainers to invest properly because there's not a lot of them that can see past a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think, you know, everyone's ideals in life are different, you know, and maybe a lot of people have this end goal, like, I have to be retired at this age. I have to own a house. I have to be married. I have to have kids, and I have to do it in this time. And, like, for me, personally, none of that is for me. I don't – it's good to have goals, and, like, my goals change as – my life experiences change. Um, so, you know, what works for some people may not be what somebody else cares about yeah. or what they need to live for, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of rambling on right now. No, that's but. cool. Um, let me ask you this. Outside of everything else we've talked, is there any major misconceptions that people have of entertainers? at all um i think there is like a stereotype yeah that you know you you could see a, a picture posted or you know comments about a uh, some thing on the internet with strippers or strip clubs or whatever and mm -hmm. yeah i feel like there's always like some negative feedback about it um you know that most girls are 
partying and drunk and doing drugs. And yeah, that may be the case for some people. Um, but there's a lot of girls that just go to work sober and they have another job and they take care of their lives, their kids, their significant other, whatever it is. Um, you know, they are going to school, whatever they're doing in their other life, I guess you could say. Um, so there's just a lot of judgments on people. I think a lot of guys also come in and, and have that attitude. Like they think I've been asked the question. So what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, motherfucker, you don't know what I do with my life. All you know is you're sitting in this chair next to me and seeing me where I am right now. You know nothing about me. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll say that sometimes straight yeah. up, I can be a little, uh, blunt and abrasive sometimes to customers well you were saying before <laughs> that you know people ha or i should say entertainers have a life outside of the club as well you know you're an esthetician what like what's all the stuff that you do because i imagine there's a couple different licenses by the way um personal note you waxed my back for me right <laughs> before i went on my trip to florida I did. thank you very much <laughs> you're um, welcome yeah i was uh, i was self-conscious about the fact that i've gotten older and i i don't have I don't have a hairy back, as you saw, but yeah. it was just one of those that, like, I have random spots where it's just, like, clump of hair out of nowhere. It's just going to grow right here. And, yeah. and, and I was super thankful for it because I was, I was kind of self-conscious about being at a pool and just being like, this is the first time in my life I have a hairy fucking back. That is Understandable. Just like, yeah. Um, yeah. How did you get into that? So, and, and I do want to talk about this because this is another topic that I think people are so blown away by, but... Yes, I'm an esthetician. I've been doing that for about two years. Um, I have kind of uh, steered away into my own little niche. Um, I was working at a med spa. I was doing uh, facials, microneedling, microdermabrasion, dermaplaning, I'm, I'm laser. Not, for, for myself, I'm not familiar with, I, with I any of I didn't think that. so. Okay. So I'll just kind of... They're basically... Um, Microderma is a exfoliation technique, um, dermaplaning as well. We all need to exfoliate our dead skin cells, mm -hmm. um, facials, you know, to get a deep cleaning, cleansing your face. You know, it's it's those types of services. Um, laser hair removal, they did specifically at my place. Um, waxing is also a service. And I have a lot of waxing clients. So that's mainly what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did start my own LLC for that. Um, but there is not a lot of people or women that do the male Brazilian wax. What is that? Do you want to know? So women get their Brazilian wax, right? Yeah. They get all their. Basically. From vagina. The, yeah. From the. From the ass. front to the lips to the taint, whatever you want to call it your butt crack, your butthole, all that. I do all that. I see a lot of buttholes often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so when I went to my last place, I said, well, first of all, I heard about this in school and uh, my teachers mentioned something about male Brazilians. And I was like, hmm, you got to wax guys' dicks. I would do that uh, because one, there's not a lot of people that do. And two, 
that makes me more valuable because uh, those people aren't doing it. They don't want to do it. So I'll take the money that people don't want to do. Right. There's got to be somebody to do a job for everything in life. Yeah. And um, I'm comfortable around naked bodies, sexuality. Um, I've worked in the industry like I'm not uncomfortable with a penis mm-hmm. in my hand. I'm n- I'm not awkward about it. Um, I don't make it awkward. It's not awkward that guys want to get waxed. Like people shave everywhere you grow hair. Some people get waxed, you know, and some people don't like hair. It's nothing weird about it. Um, guys don't want to shave their balls, so they would prefer to get it waxed instead. So do you have a number of these clients? Because I'm like... <laughs> This is a lot of detail, I and do. I'm just like, so. I do. I have a lot of, I have a lot of them. So, uh, okay, yeah. there, there's that, and then I guess the next question I have then is, is this a mainly straight guy thing, or yes. is this really? It's, it's, and I get that question a lot. Like, are all these guys gay? I'm like, no, they're all a variety. I honestly, I don't think I have any gay clients. Um, That's crazy. not that I give a shit whether they are or not, but. You know, some of the guys have girlfriends or they're married or, you know, like they like, for example, um, you know, one of the, the, the wives of the guys said, I'm going to get a wax. You should do one, too, because we're going to experience it together. So he got one. She got one. And she's like, I like it. You should keep doing it. I'm picturing this. Do, do you Not two... together. OK, I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> we're like, all right, one guys, on this right. hand, one on that hand. I was no. picturing like like from the taint up and being like, all right, here we go, guys. Whoosh. Absolutely. That would make a great show, but that's not how I do it. Um, so I don't wax them both. Uh, I usually, yeah. But, um, sorry. No, no, no it, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. Uh, no, I, I have a, a variety of them. And uh, honestly, they just, they, they like the way it feels. And I like, Wait, like not on them, but okay. Personal preference. Um, if I see a guy and he's hairy, my first thought is like, I want to wax the fuck out of that guy's chest, right? Like that's a fun time for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, if you like your hair, cool. That's that's your thing. But um, you know they're they're also willing to give it a try. Um, I do promote for it sometimes on my social media and I've gotten some clients like that. They're intrigued. Um, in the beginning, I, I asked for volunteers. I needed male models to volunteer their package for me to wax. And so I got a few volunteers and a couple of these guys asked me on a date and I'm like, your penis is out. I don't, you don't have to expose your cock to ask me on a date for one and two. I don't date my clients, so don't make it weird, you know. But um, I mean, yes, I've I've gotten hit on here and there, but I keep it professional. Mm-hmm. There's no happy ending, okay, guys. Like, <laughs> don't get the wrong idea here. Let me ask this: Is there ever been anyone that you're dating that you're just like, for example, like they had? Let's say they had like a, a a pube patch that you were just like, this is coming off right now. Dating? What's that? 
<laughs> you mean like a boyfriend? A boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. I don't know what that is. I have a pillow that I spoon with. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> no, I have a pocket pillow too. <laughs> it's 12 years old. Does that count? No, I'm just kidding. I got a new one. Ew, that would be gross. Um, uh, yeah, there was a couple guys that I was just like, ooh, you should let me wax you. And uh, Are they open to it? Or? Well, one of them. Or does it take like a little co- like coaxing? Uh, yeah, some of them sounded like they were open to it, um, but no. I no follow-through? I never got around to it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, these fuckers are all talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that actually, that leads me to a good question. Um, I, I wanted to kind of circle back this, and, and I'll, I'll try and wrap this up as best as possible, because we actually, I, I said we'd go about 90 minutes, and I'm like, I'm looking at the clock, I'm like, we hit 90 minutes. Oh, yeah? Um I was going to ask, as far as like being in the industry, it, do you find it difficult to be able to date someone or explain to them that I'm an esthetician, but I'm also an exact dancer? It, it, yes. Is that difficult? So this this was a hard thing for me a couple of years ago, um, because at that point I had dated some guys who... I didn't really know how to approach it when I when I really got into dating because I was like, okay, well, I'm a dancer. How are people going to take that if they want to take me seriously, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have dated people in the industry, in the service industry, and I feel like those people are usually more comfortable and open-minded. Um, but at one point when I was like doing the dating app thing and you know, you got to basically reintroduce yourself to several different people over and over and over again. And I was just like, okay, how do I go about this? You know? Um, because I noticed that if I didn't tell them up front, then they would get weird about it at one point. Or if I did tell them right away, then it would be like, peace out so this one guy at my gym at this one point he he asked me out he came up to me asked me for my number and I was like yeah he's cute I mean fuck it I'll give him a shot I didn't tell him right away and we had talked for I don't know maybe like a week or two or something I don't remember it wasn't that long but I was just like I'm gonna wait it out a little bit because this guy is obviously interested in me, right? Mm-hmm. So I want him to get to know who I am as a person versus finding out that I work in this industry and now you have this judgment circling your head right away. Mm-hmm. So I was going to wait a little bit. And I end up coming into the gym after my day shift. So my hair is done. You know, I looked a little bit more done up. He's like, oh, you look pretty. And I was like, oh, thanks. I just got off work. And he's like, oh, where's that? Where you, you work again? I was like, um, at a bar. Oh, well, what, where? And I was like, uh, in Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one? Um, it's this place. Oh, well, are you a bartender, a waitress, or a dancer? And I said, I'm a dancer. And then he said, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't really judge anybody on what they do, you know? I mean, it's basically like it's your life type of thing, okay? So he seemed like he was really cool about it. And then 
as time went on, I'm talking like a couple days. We mm-hmm. were supposed to go on a date, and he said, "No, we had we had gone out drinking, which was we were supposed to go to fucking Great America." And he's like, "You know what? I don't want to go. Let's go drinking instead." I'm like, "Whatever. I'm spontaneous. Go with the flow." So he ends up getting drunk, and then at that night, he goes, "You know what? I just can't date a stripper." And I was like, "What?" Yeah, I just can't do it. You're like one one step below a prostitute. And I was like, wow. Are you fucking serious? I said, why, why are you wasting your time hanging out with me and like acting like you like me when all of a sudden, like that, you can't date me, but you can have sex with me? How does that work? So I'm sure people have their own thoughts on that. But at that point, I just said to myself, you know what? I'm going to tell people this up front and whether they accept it or not, that will tell me where we are. I'm not going to drag it on. Hey, you know what? This is what I do. This is where I'm at in my life. I have another job. I've gotten myself through school, paid, paid for my schooling in cash, you know, paid for my car. Like I take care of my shit, but however you want to see it and perceive it and think about it is on you. Any questions you have, feel free to, t- to ask yeah and i'm willing to be open about it is the question part like um is it awkward at all when when people like when you're fielding a potential uh boyfriend's questions i don't think so i mean i don't know man <laughs> <My dating laughs> all right maybe my may- dating game is all over the place uh parker so i do remember this guy was dating years ago and i ended up telling him that and he also had a really shitty reaction to it and he was like i just think anyone in that environment or industry is disgusting the the bartenders the people that go in there blah blah blah. i was like wow really like you've never even been in one of those places yeah people uh take get on a pretty high horse sometimes yeah and i was like Listen, you're not even dating me. So why do you care? Yeah. You're using me for sex. You're doing the same fucking thing in a different scenario. They're just paying me, not for sex, but they're paying me to see my body. Mm-hmm. You're coming to use my body. What? How are you going to judge them? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, got a little raw there, but I'm just saying, no, no, like, that's l- how listen, it is. And I just thought that was fucked up. Um, don't apologize. And, and, and here's the thing. You're part of the reason why I wanted you on here is your no nonsense. You don't you don't tread lightly on anything. It's one of those things that it's a direct answer. Um, and you hear it time and time again with stuff that you said. You know, you learn from one scenario that you're just like, nope, I'm just going to directly go right at this and be like yo i'm an entertainer like whatever you have about that that's on you if you have questions go ahead and answer it um i did have one last question well two one how did you ever come like what made you use the name angelina for your stripper name was it angelina jolie it was okay i loved angelina jolie when i was younger and i had like a little crush on her and i just thought she was so beautiful and I remember watching that movie Gia and her 
breasts were so perfect. <laughs> Perky. <laughs> I remember that. And I, I think I actually had a couple of dreams about meeting Angelina Jolie in the strip club and I had sex with her. Booyah. <laughs> um, the last question I had was we had we had talked uh, about notes, about um, notes that you had had and, and notes that I, I had uh, before we started this. There was a Mexico story. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if you want to cover it or not. You don't have to. <laughs> How about I'll tell you the butt plug story instead? Okay, let's go butt plug story, and then we'll end on that one. Okay. It's, it's a, it, is, it has to do with the, uh, the club, so that's why I chose that. Wait, wait, wait. It has to do, like, with Silk? No. Oh, okay. My old club. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> for the longest time, I wanted this unicorn tail butt plug and you know it's got like a it's a butt plug and it's got a little tail shut the fuck up yeah like a little my little pony do you know diane from monkey bar yeah so diane and i we saw an ad for those and we would point out girls i think this is where we came up don't quote me on this i might have to call diane and ask her about this but we had we started using the term show pony (laughs) as for girls that that would that would have (laughs) The unicorn butt plugs or like the the pony butt plugs. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'd call them. We've seen those ads. In fact, I think I got flagged on Facebook for it at one point because I, I put it on her profile. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Unicorn unicorn. So, yes. butt plug. So this customer ended up buying me one. He, it came from the UK. It was a, it was a UK this, butt plug. Time out. Is this one size fits all or is this um, like... It was about, it was glass. Okay. Is that good? Bad? I don't know. It's harder, <laughs> I guess. I don't worry about that breaking it's off. Not, like, no. Okay. It's solid, man. Okay. Solid. Solid. It ain't a light bulb going in your butthole. Well, I. <laughs> that could you be say amazing. glass and I, I just get worried. Okay. I'm like. No, yeah. it's like a solid piece of glass. Okay. So, I mean, it was, it was a decent size. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Two and a half, three inches or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he bought it for me, brings it in. I was like so ecstatic. I have this fucking butt plug. Hold right on, paint, paint the picture for me here. Now, is this thing in a case? Like, is it in It a- came in a little like velvet. Yeah, like little pa- like pouch. Did you open it up and did angels start singing? Was there a yes, little light? Sh- was there different angles there of light shining? There flying around. Little mini Pegasus flying around. Yes, with, in with the air. Big Fairies, cartoonish eyes okay fairies with dildos attached to them okay, <laughs> okay. Yes, in a magic world um <laughs> so it it was like colorful like pastel colors the hair it looks like a looks looks like a unicorn tail right okay so i wanted it because i was going to be a unicorn for halloween and i needed it for my costume so for halloween at the club we would have like a a contest, a costume contest for customers to dress up in the dancers. Mm-hmm. And so this was my plan. I've been talking it up. I was talking it up for like a year. I'm going to wear this butt plug. And this one chick was like, I got to be here for this. So she was so excited about my fucking butt plug. So the night I bring it in and I show one of the girls that works there and she she's not from here so she i guess she didn't know about that kind of stuff and she's seen it and 
she was blown away and she was like what is that i was like do you want to put it in <laughs> <laughs> um she was intrigued and i i put it in and like i put my costume on so i was like had the little i had the furries the oh furry okay. little booty yeah. things and like the little paw and little i made my horn and like i made my makeup and like you know look like a sexy unicorn thing with the i'm picturing this them. okay yeah, i actually have a picture um but so wait time out is it a are your clothes on for it yeah do you want to airdrop it to randon no okay <laughs> no i mean like um, it's not sheer no so I, let me make this clear but not airdrop it to his phone no for no personal keep i was no, gonna I say we could put this on the podcast um we have the technology but if it's not about it. if it's not safe for work i don't want to get flagged by youtube let me let me think about it it's, okay it's sheer no no no, no. Just, if you, yeah if you can if see you through it then, censor, no, yeah i can't can censor it on the fly yeah boobage yeah no that's fine okay like mental picture, mental picture. Of the, Got it. Okay. The unicorn. Okay. So I went out there, you know, I did my performance. Now, mind you, I had worked with this in for seven hours straight. Um, and I went on stage like this and then, you know, customers would be like, is that in you? And I was like, it sure the fuck is. You spent seven hours with this thing sure working. Did. Yeah. I did a dance with it. And no, there wasn't a lot of people spending that night because it was a contest party yeah. they're just there to get drunk on halloween but i did a dance and let's just say <laughs> it oh felt, I'm... it felt like anal sex you know so um that was interesting <laughs> i'm not gonna go too far into that but the guy I don't think he was into it, and he, I think he was kind of freaked out about it, because I went back to his friend, and he was just like, yeah, all he kept talking about was this butt plug thing, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know, some guys might like like that, but he did not, I guess. Did anyone try and pull on it yes. at all? Yes, yes, my girlfriend, and I was like, <laughs> stop it, this is not going to happen here, um, but I left it in, took it out. So what's what's the process for taking this thing out? Are you pull it out? You're pulling. You're not like pushing or like. Listen. Pop pop a squat over the toilet. No, (laughs) I do not. Just so we are clear, I am. You don't wear buck plugs. No, I don't. Well, you should try it sometime. Maybe, maybe open open your sexual mind a little bit. You know, we'll figure this one out. Prostate organ. But let's (laughs) let's move back to this show pony butt plug. (laughs) Yes, yes, the uh, the butt plug. Um, so I mean, when you're taking this thing out, then what are you doing? Is it one of those you're in the locker room? Oh, yeah, I was in the locker room. I just pulled it out. Is it, Nobody cared. Okay, so is it like feet are up on the desk or up no. on, on the counter? And you're okay, just, yes. I laid like, on my back and I was like, girls, all come around me and pull one by one. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> It was not exciting. Is it is it a slow pull or is it like anal beads where it's like yanking the uh, the lawnmower? You should not yank anal beads. I have no idea. Who the fuck told you to do that? I don't You're know. You're gonna mess up someone's. See, it's just one of those where like there's like the ring that you can put your fingers through I that mean, I just pictured like. No, like a you're not starting a lawnmower. <laughs> oh god, a weed whacker. <laughs> I have a bad story about that. Not R- with me. Oh okay. Yeah, some girl's butthole got fucked up by doing that. You should not. You shouldn't. Yank them out. Did, wait, Unless they're into that type of torture. Wait, what's the what's the term for that? 
perfor not perforated. It's uh Urban Dictionaries, they call it the red sock, and I forgot what the heck the actual name for it is. Where the butt goes inside oh, out. A like prolapse? The prolapse, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't fuck with that. But um I, you just kinda like push and pull at the same time. Uh -oh. I have no I idea. Know. Nothing too serious. It comes out. Probably comes out easier than it goes in, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, lube it up and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's a whole nother show we could do is uh well toy topic. <laughs> I don't well, know. Listen, I'm moving three weeks. So. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like, you're you're taking off for Arizona. Um are you gonna continue to do because we talked a little bit off air. Yeah. You found a place to be an esthetician at. Congratulations. Thank you. Um are you still gonna pursue dancing when you're in Arizona? <gasps> yeah. I, um, I don't want to say a city, but in Arizona in no, general. It's okay. Um, I am for a while. Um, my goal is to eventually own my own business, uh, fully. I was going to say, I'm like, well, you do. You're an LLC. Yeah. But I mean, fully, like, I don't know. I you want your different. own studio. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, right now I can dance and I'm grateful for that. Um, I like it. There's pros and cons. I'm telling you though, man, I'm. I'm older, so it hurts. It really hurts the body. It takes me a couple of days to recover, and then I got to get back to it again. I work out, and then I go to work, and then I do pole, and I take pole classes as well. It's it's hard on the body. Shout out to Terry. Heels. You were doing those with Terry, right? I was, and okay. then um, <clears throat> I started with some other girl as well so mm -hmm. but terry is an amazing instructor she's supposed to be doing her own studio i just yes. talked to her the other day i said congratulations to her she's um, amazing yeah so when, when she does that i definitely want to have her on here and and talk about that yeah look i i think i outside of my add <laughs> i i think we we kind of shed some light on on the uh stripper industry and and club stuff and and so on and so forth i don't I think the only thing we didn't talk about was like house fees and like stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as, as far as like entertainers go and stuff like that, if you're watching this for, we'll say quote unquote educational purposes, um, working at a club, there are house fees. Uh, they, they kind of work from depending on what time the club opens, the earlier you get there, usually they're lower, but yes. it's get there early. Hey, the early bird. What does it get? The worm. The worm. But, um, yeah, I think there's that. And then, oh, we, we never talked about like um, tipping out like staff and stuff like that. Did you want to talk about that really quick and then we'll wrap this up? Sure. Um, I mean, I think some places call them different. Maybe they don't even call them fees. I, I don't know. Silk is unique about that. What do you right? mean? Um, the house fees yeah. or? Okay. Yeah. So, um <clears throat> As far as tipping people out, I mean, um, like, uh, so, I, I try so, to take care of people, you know. Oh, so I guess DJ? what I was trying. Are you talking about like the DJ? So the I was trying to. Ex what I was trying to explain is, <clears throat> is that I keep forgetting that like a lot of people don't get that there's a house fee that yeah. an entertainer has to pay yes. when they're working for a club yes. that there are like you tip out the bouncers you tip out the bartender you tip out the dj so on and so forth um actually you know what i just covered it 
Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you uh, you have to pay. I don't, I don't know what they refer to it, but um, pay that, and then. I mean, yes, it's um, it's good etiquette to tip your DJ. Yeah, your DJ. Yeah, plays all your music. Play, play the DJ guy. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck I just said? But um, and then you know the house dad, they're taking care of you. I was that too. Yeah, I forgot them. about that too. Um, they bring in snacks and stuff, and that's nice because girls get hungry and they want to eat snacks, even though it's like not healthy stuff most of the time, but. Yeah, yeah, when I when I worked in Chicago, it was all like it was healthy snacks, like veggies and stuff like that in the back. And I then don't know if I would want to eat veggies when I'm different at the club. Different, <laughs> different clubs have different stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. actually making me hungry and thirsty right now. Yeah, about it. Let's uh let's pound some water and uh, wrap this up. Listen, uh, Kim, again, thank you for doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, listen, uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to go over before we write this off. Uh, listen, folks, if you're going out this weekend, actually, if you're going to be out in Okachi Lake uh, at the Hideaway, say Friday night, I'm going to be there playing live at the Hideaway. I'm going to be hanging out with my two good friends, Scott Cron and Craig Plutz. Come out, hang out. I'll be DJing from 10 until close out in Okachi Lake. The next night, I'll be hosting UFC fights over at Brothers. Come out for that as well. Um, the COVID and mask mandate in Milwaukee is kind of lifted, or I shouldn't say kind of, it is. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about wearing your mask. You don't have to worry about social distancing, so on and so forth. So bring as many people as you as you want. Uh, I would get there early just for the fact that the earlier you get there, the better spot you get. Um, tables seem to be fi- filling up pretty quickly uh, during the prelims. So please come out early. Um, if you see me, yell Zero Cool Podcast. By the way, shout out to whoever screamed that at my DJ booth last night when I was DJing at Brothers. Uh, I was DJing at like 10 30, 11 o'clock, and I just hear someone scream, Zero Cool Podcast, and like point up to the booth. And I tried to wave them up, really? and they never came upstairs. There was, um, so my girlfriend was coming by after she got done uh, bartending, mm-hmm. and she was coming up, and I, I had like, um, kind of like a cooler of like Red Bulls, waters, and like she loves White Claws. So I, had, I was like, hey, I'm like, put a bunch of White Claws in there for her or whatever. I was really about to hand them all over to this like one person for being like, thank you for being the one of five people that actually watch my podcast and Aww. maybe came out to one of my gigs because of it or just happened to be there at the same time while I was there. Um, it It's unique. It, it, it's unique. It actually made me feel really good. So yeah, um, it, it's something it, you like to do. Well, uh, this is, I always wanted to go back into radio. Um, this is non-committal. So it's one of those, we do this every Sunday unless it's there's a holiday. If it's Mother's Day, yeah. we take off and go That's hang cool. out with our mom. Uh, if it's Father's Day, we take the day off and go hang out with our dads and, and whatnot. So um, this is this is great for my brother and I. Yeah, um, do something you're passionate about. I, I enjoy this. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's slowly getting better. We, we now have, we have a three camera system here now. So we have a wide See shot that. one. Uh, we have our, our two other cameras, and then I'm just slowly making improvements as I go. Um, I dig it. Also, if you want to sponsor this directly, uh, check us out on Patreon. Uh, look up DJ Zero Cool. You can directly fund this. And uh, I have private invites for our UFC parties. So if you're not uh, a teammate of mine that I train with and you want to watch the fights with us and pick uh, my friends, Brains, and I about what's going on in the fights, you buy a certain tier and you can come hang out with us for that and i send you live mixes and so on and so forth listen kim i want to thank you again for doing this yeah, shout out to my little you. brother randon our producer uh once again for the 
for the bunch of you that that tuned in uh thank you uh enjoy your week uh next week is so it's the fights next week so next week is chicago nick who got pushed off uh due to uh carrie being in town we we wanted to bring some attention to her her cause to act for bali dogs uh out in indonesia where she's rescuing dogs out in bali so on and so forth um chicago nick will be here he was the one of the trainers over at the world famous equinox he's gonna be here talking about uh nutrition we're gonna be talking obviously uh the ufc card the post ufc card or post ufc fight night uh we'll be talking about that in great detail we'll be talking about uh, fitness education for guys like myself that do jujitsu, that do Muay Thai, MMA, what you should be eating, uh, what you should be doing, uh, especially for someone like myself who's 40 now. So uh, tune in next week. Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, the following week will be off for Father's Day so we can hang out with our dads. And then closing out the month will be uh, Peter Wilt, who helped start up a number of soccer teams around the country, one of them being one of my favorite teams, the Chicago Fire. So tune in for that as well. Once again, everyone, Take care. Be well. Mahalo. Thank you. Thank you.